Hey there, my name is Shane Craddock, and this is the Inner Edge podcast, where I share a different take on how to lead and live a sustainable high-performance life. Over the course of different episodes, I'm going to challenge the belief that tension, stress, and struggle are essential to success and creativity. My experience is that there's an easier way, there's a better way, and indeed there's an essential way that we need to explore for the times that we live in. So let's go ahead, let's jump in and explore. A few years ago, I was um, running a three-day event. It's like a kind of a, a, a getaway event for leaders in my in my network and my community. And uh, I had a client who had booked in well in advance, and then he rang me the day before the thing was to start. It runs kind of from a Sunday to a Tuesday, and uh, he said, "Listen, I uh, I'm not looking for my money back, but I'm I'm not going to uh, stay beyond the first night and I said okay that's up to you well wh- why not and he said look I'm I'm too busy I've got too much on I've got some big problems as well that I'm trying to sort out and I just don't feel I can justify going away for a few nights and it's funny I, I, I think this is a universal thing for for leaders especially and it's getting worse because people are getting busier and busier and busier and they just don't sometimes justify taking time out not realizing that actually take t- taking time out can profit you in life and in business and just to, to illustrate that point, he stayed for the first for the first few hours, and we we're talking about different things on the inner side of life and business and the outer side. And then there was a group dinner afterwards, and he stayed for that and enjoyed it. And he came to me at the end of the dinner, and I thought he was going to say goodbye. And he said, "Look, I've decided that I need to be here. Um, already, I feel different. I feel in a better space. And you know what? I just I need to give myself permission to do this." So I said, "Yeah, fine, up to you. <laughs> you can do whatever you like." Um, and so he stayed, did the event, finished up Tuesday, I think around five o'clock and away everybody went. And then Thursday afternoon, he rang me and said, listen, I need to tell you something. He said, um, since I came back, I've just felt completely reset. I can't believe the difference just in my mindset, but more than that, he said, uh, in the last 24 hours, the solutions to two big problems that I've had for six months have just come to me. I don't know why I didn't see them before, but I've solved one of the problems already. It's been six months around, and it was one of the reasons why I wasn't going to go in the uh, the event. And the second one, I'm now clear how to fix it. We'll have it done probably in the next two weeks. And the reason I'm telling that story is because the value of taking time out, and it does relate to the inner edge here, it relates to, I suppose, what I'm very passionate about is helping to create a space for you, for leaders to come out of the noise of business, come out of the noise of life. There's never a good time to do something like that. Plus, I am giving myself a little plug here. Obviously, that event, um, if you're listening to this, it might be of interest. I've got two of those running this year. One is for business owners and CEOs, and that's in uh, late September. It's called the Thrive Experience. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes here. And then I'm running a Thrive Experience, a new version of that, just for um, senior executives not business owners necessarily, um, and that's going to be in May. And if that's of interest to you, and if you'd like to try and you know come into a place where it's fun, but you get space to reflect, but also to learn and to see a different angle to yourself. Ultimately, my, my mission in life really is to help people win at the game of life. And uh, that's what I do with that. So anyway, there you go. That's my plug, straight out of the traps. So first of all, welcome to today's episode. I'm calling it Talking From Your Future. And... It was inspired by a client uh, who was telling me about the new Irish 
census form, which has been done as we speak at the moment. Now, I it had been dropped into our house, I think, uh, over a week ago, but I hadn't looked at it. And he was telling me that there's been a section added to the census form this year for the first time. I think it's on the second last page. And it's a section where um, you're encouraged to write a message or information or something you'd like to share with people 100 years from now, 100 years from now. And that information is going to be, I think, sealed. And uh, then people will be reading about this 100 years from now. So it'll be 21, 22. Um, we'll all be gone. Woo! <laughs> well, it made me think... Um, uh, something that I wanted to share here in the podcast, something that I that I do with clients sometimes, and I've done it with a good few this year already, um, is flip that flip that on its head. I mean, if look fair enough, if it's a hundred years from now, God knows what they'll be dealing with. Can you imagine even the society at that time in terms of technology, let alone? I'm curious as to whether we'll have learned the lessons of more how to be a human being and to, to develop our potential. I mean, I'm excited myself for what's to come. I'd love to be alive in 100 years' time to see uh, how we are as, as a species because I just think there's so much uh, potential and I can just see the seeds of major transformation coming, even though obviously in the immediate moment there's a lot of um, conflict right now in the world and there's a lot of disruption. But I do think, you know, out of, out of pain comes growth. So... But let's flip it on its head. And what I'd be saying is, okay, you know what? Let, let's take a little angle off that. Write from the future you to you now today. And what I'm saying is there's actually a lot of value in writing a letter to yourself from your ideal future. Now, <clears throat> I first uh, got the idea for this, I think around about maybe oh, so 21, 22 years ago, where as if you've listened to a few of these episodes, you'll know that I mentioned earlier on in my mid-20s, I had a nasty breakdown. I was suicidal for a period. And when I was lucky enough to get a second chance, I decided, okay, Craddock, let's make the most of this life, right? Let's not waste it. And I started to look at myself. I started to explore myself. I started to work on myself. And one of the things I'd realized was that I wasn't assertive at all. I mean, I didn't even know the meaning of the word. And I started to go off and research some books in assertiveness. Now, just as a funny aside, all of the books that I could find at that time were for women. There was nothing for men. I think it was implied that maybe just men were naturally assertive, <laughs> which wasn't the case for me. And it certainly I know it's not the case for all men. Um, so I started to study it and I learned a lot and it was quite useful. Um, and one of the exercises in that book, or one of the books was write a letter to like go, go into the future, uh, a better version of yourself, a more a, a version of yourself that you'd like to be and sit with that, imagine it. And then from that scene in the future, write a letter back to yourself now and say, hey, describe the future. Um, as a funny aside, so I'll just tell you this little story. This is me entertaining myself now. Um, <laughs> when I, I lived in Cork at the time, uh, when I was going through that uh, assertiveness exploration, and I started to research and look around for different courses to do in assertiveness, couldn't find any. Then I found one in a local school in Cork. It was an evening course for adults, but of course it was only for women. And I went along anyway on the registration night, and there was a woman there 
I think her name was Anne Marie. I can't remember exactly. I do remember what she looked like. She had these interesting glasses. And um, I went up and I said, hi, I'd like to register for the program. And she said, uh, sorry, it's just for women. I said, I know, but there's nothing for men. And she said, well, I'm sorry, this is just for women. And I said, look, I really appreciate that. But I said, I'm sure most of the women in this group probably have issues with men. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, you can you can bet on that. And I said, right, well, look, I said, I'm happy to be the, the token man that I'm sure you do role play. And she goes, no, of course we do, yeah. I said, okay, look, role play with me. I, I, I'll i be very good. I'll be very compliant and I'll take all the beatings that you want to throw at me. <laughs> and she's looked at me and she went, okay, that's an interesting thought. She said, I'll tell you what, come along on the first night, but before you come in, I'll, I'll, I'll explain this to the women there. And if any of them say no, then I'm sorry, it's going to have to be a firm no. And I said, okay, that's fine with me. Anyway, long story short, uh, nobody there objected and I came in. And I think it was about maybe 24, 25 women and me. And we did do role play. And I learned a huge amount about how women communicate, which was radically different to men. Couldn't believe it. Um, It was very helpful overall in terms of certainness. And also they said things to me that uh, shouldn't be said to any human being. And at the end of it, I came out thinking all men are bastards, actually. (laughs) Well, actually not all men. But um, far from it. So... The, the, the very first letter that I wrote to myself was around that time um, where I, I kind of imagined a version of myself and imagined life and elements of my life that I wanted to bring in. And I remember writing things like my health, um, just the way that I, I held myself, my posture, just simple things, just even um, peace of mind. My assertiveness obviously was in there. I remember specifically actually writing in that I wanted to develop a circle of relationship with women uh, platonically. Because um, at that time, I didn't have any. And I remember coming out of that program thinking, God, I really got on in a very, uh, I'm going to say, non-sexual, non-agenda way with the women in the group. It was brilliant. And I thought, wow, I'd love to have a circle of female friends. Um, and over time, that is what happened. And I'm very lucky now to say that, yeah, I've, I've got some, I've got great circle of friends, male and female. Um, now, I also, just uh, as an angle, have a note here to just bring up daydreaming as people well hang on now like you know you're not saying that if you just dream in the future you know that that's going to happen well well actually that that is kind of what happens that's kind of how we work i i don't fully subscribe to this um the way the law of attraction type stuff is shared in in a lot of books but i do think there's something in it there is a magnetism in it but more than that on a very scientific level like it has been shown that your mind is uh, what's called a cybernetic mechanism, as in like it, it works like a missile. And so you tend to move towards what you focus on. And I remember a client, it was a very successful um, tax specialist. And they were saying to me, look, can you help me stop daydreaming? And I said, why? And she said, well, I've always been told it's a negative thing, right from, you know, young time in school and my parents. And I said, what do you daydream about? She said, oh, I usually daydream about, you know, um, either a possible solutions to problems actually or even just the way they, i see things going in the future whether it's business or personal i said all right and do, do those things tend to happen well a lot, a lot of the time they do because i figure out ways to get there and to me that's actually the way that your inner world works it's a good thing obviously if you're stuck in daydreaming and not in reality at all that will present a problem because you, you could become deluded and disconnected from what's going on around you so i find it's useful to switch it on at times but then also it's very important to switch it off and come into the moment. For me, that's my default setting, that 
I really want to be in the moment. But the daydream side of things, and especially if you write a letter, when I say write a letter, I don't mean write it on your iPad, or on your computer, or on your laptop. I mean old school, a pen, a pencil, and paper. And when you do that, something different comes in definitely. It is a mind-body, a brain-body connection. I think you're going deeper into your unconscious mind. And I cannot overemphasize the amount of times that I've had it myself and with clients where we've written things down as a letter or sometimes even as a picture and coming back to it years later. I still have that original letter, by the way, and it's funny to look at it now because I've written the letter to myself several times since. And something I'm getting some of my clients to do at the moment is I'm saying, listen, do what's called an end-of-year letter, end-of-year letter, which ties to an end-of-year dinner. So you kind of organize in your mind, and maybe you do this for real. You say a dinner at the end of the year where you have somebody that, you're, that you love or maybe it's close friends. And the purpose of the dinner is to talk about what's been good this year, what's been great this year, not about what's gone wrong, not about what all the hassle and the negativity, because there'll be plenty of that too, because that's life. But we're going to talk about what's been good and great for you this year. And go into that in your mind first, imagine it. And imagine you setting off that conversation. You're the one who's the host. You listen to everybody else. And it comes to you. What would you like to be saying about this year? Like what, what would be great? And I'll give you three categories to think about that it's a framework used a lot in coaching in general, is be, <clears throat> do, and have. Most people are obsessed with have, as in, well, I want to get this, I want to get this job, I want to get this increase in salary, I want to get this house, I want to get this body. <clears throat> um, and that's all fine, but it generally misses the real value, which is at the other end, which is be. And B is about how you are in yourself, your confidence, your assertiveness, your state of mind, your state of being, your sense of happiness, your ability to enjoy the moment, your ability to handle pressure, uh, your resilience. You know, at the end of this year, what would you like to be saying about yourself in those contexts and maybe even more? And then the do could be, you know, nice things around trips, maybe the kind of work you want to do or the kind of people you want to work with more with, or maybe there's a change you're trying to help. Um. There's no doubt about it that by taking time to imagine this scene, and maybe as some of my clients do and they've done it already, they might actually book the restaurant where they're actually going to have that dinner and they're going to make it happen. Um, but it is incredible to, when I reflect back even over the last 20, 21 years, um, where you've taken time or I've taken time to write things down, but first of all, thinking about them, activating your imagination, going into the possibilities and the universe of possibilities and saying, okay, this is kind of what I'd like to imagine. And then you write a letter to yourself, for example, dear Shane or dear whatever your name is, you know, March or April 2022. This is me, you from 31st of December, whenever it is, 2022, or you might go even further out. It's really up to you. Um, and then write the letter. And I would then... Um, take that letter and I would um, seal the envelope and perhaps make a date to come back and look at it at some point over the course of the year and just make sure when you look at it, they say, okay, well, do I want to change it? Because that's your choice, that's your right. Or maybe it's a reminder for your inner compass about what to focus on. But without a doubt, it does sow seeds in the garden of your mind, in your unconscious mind for good ideas to come forth, to come forward, or for you perhaps to kind of recognize opportunities quicker um, around things that will help you create what's on that page. And I often think of that quote, you know, if a ship doesn't know which port it's sailing to, 
well, then no wind is favorable. And, and this letter is a fun way of, I guess, uh, creating a destination or a port for you to focus on, to focus your mind on. Because the truth is without a doubt is that we can shape our future. We can. Now, maybe not always the circumstances um, and maybe not always reality, but we can shape how we are in those circumstances. And because of that, we can then adapt quicker to those circumstances, even and especially if they're unpleasant to us. And to me, that is infinitely more valuable than anything I can get. And that's where I would encourage you, if you're doing this exercise, to lean on how you want to be and shape your future in that context, because that is potentially priceless. Um, if you like what you've heard, I would appreciate a like or a share. But also, um, feel free to send me a note, shane at shanecraddock.com, if you have any questions or if something strikes a chord. Um, and I'm going to leave the sh uh, in the show notes the two links to the Thrive experience. If it's of interest, check it out. You'll know quick enough if it resonates. And if it doesn't, no problem. Okay, take care. Have a good week. <laughs>